But uh, I will do this. I will take my Bible out and turn to Luke chapter 13. Amen. Luke chapter 13. Let's go to it. Oh, man, excited to get back in the Word today and uh, jump back into this series. We kicked off this new series last week called The Parable. And uh, we're going to continue there today. And we're going to be out here for a while as we just begin to go through the stories that Jesus shared with people. And um, we're going to read about four verses, verses 6 through 9. Verses 6 through 9. When you got it, say amen. If you're still looking, say, please hold on. Amen. Y'all good. Thank you very much. Let's do this. Verse 6. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. Hmm. Let's pray. God, thank you today for your word. God, I pray, Lord, our hearts will be open to receive this word today, God. I I declare today, God, that the, this message will be a message of a challenge, but also be a message of courage. And and uh, even, Lord, today, God, just um, maybe just, just, just declare, Lord, today, Father, that you'll just speak into lives that somebody will see that their life's not through. It's not over for them, Lord. You still have a plan for them. God, let us see today, God, how fruitful we can be in you by the Holy Spirit, God. And we just give you thanks for it one more time for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you love God and his word, say amen. Amen. We believe the Bible around here, and we try to live it, and we try to do what it says to do. But again, we kicked off this series last week, and I tell you, I'm, it just seems like in my time I'd been going back to these stories of Jesus in the Bible that he would speak and he would share. I, I love red letter, and I love, love looking at those, those stories that Jesus was speaking. As I would read these stories, my mind would begin to go to the place where I would visualize him sometimes and just see him standing on that hillside or speaking in that synagogue and declaring the story. And people's eyes just being opened up and their ears being opened up and them beginning to get this word. And and I tell you, as I just begin to think about those things, I'm like, you know, I've never really just taken a lot of time in the church and since I've been pastoring and just really just sat down and said, let's look at these things. Let's look in these stories and and unpack them and see what we can get from them. So we've been doing that. We started that off last week and we we started off this parable called the series, the the series called The Parable. And I want to praise God for what he did last week. And that was awesome. We had people that was just moving and let the Holy Spirit just draw them to him, and he was doing great things, and I just give God praise, and, and here's what's cool, man, he's not through, I mean, he's not through, he's, he, he's just getting some things started in some of your lives if you'll let him do that, but again, we're talking about these stories that Jesus spoke, and again, it's not a fairy tale. Sometimes you kind of hear these stories, you just kind of think maybe this is uh, just some fairy tale that he was telling, and, and it's kind of going to have just a cute little thing. Now, these are stories that Jesus spoke. These are not myths. These are things that Jesus declared in order to do this, paint this picture, to open up our eyes, to see him greater, and, and expose the work of the kingdom, and, and see God and his character for who he is. And as Jesus speaks these things, I, I think we need to be, pay very close attention to when Jesus speaks because the Bible says his words are life. Amen? His words are life. They're truth. They're life. They're the things that set us free. So in these small stories that we look at in these parables, there's a big idea. 
There's this great idea that I want us to grab and, uh, and, and hold on to and seize and, and not miss. These are stories that we learned last week that will open up our eyes. Sometimes, as we, as we even heard last week, uh, that David was told a parable basically about himself. And he couldn't see his problems or his faults or his sin in his own eyes when he was just living his life. But when someone came and spoke to him and told him these truths about this person, and then he looks at David and says, David, you are this guy. We, you are this guy. We need this. So today as we look at these stories and as we open up our, our minds and hearts to these things, be very open to what God wants to say to you specifically. I believe that. I believe sometimes that we want to just say, well, this is a word for someone else. But I want us to say today, God, what are you wanting to say to me? What are you wanting to put in my heart? So, so grab hold of this today. Grab hold of these truths as we look into this word. So again, our first parable we're going to kind of unpack that Jesus spoke to us, this parable of the barren fig tree. Uh, you may have heard this story. You may have, uh, may have uh, you know, had this on flannel graph when you was in Sunday school and you had the little fig tree that was put up there and you had a little, you know, a little vineyard to walk out and you stuck it up on the side. That's before all this modern technology, if y'all don't know what that is, young people. But, you know, you, you do these things. So it was very exciting. You may have heard this story, but I want us to look at it today and think on it. One more time, let's read it. It's real quick. Verse 6, it says that he spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted it in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. Now, I, I said last week that a lot of times these parables, there is a question a lot of times that needs to be answered in these stories that we look at. And as I was kind of thinking about that and looking at this, I began to think, does God really care about results in our life? And um, I, don't know, so I just want to kind of just, again, let us, let us kind of simmer in this moment, just kind of sit in this, in this for a second. Does God really care about the results in our life? Now, I believe he does. Now, we look at these stories and we see this. We see in the story that there is a fig tree. And, and again, you ask a lot of times, where we're, I, I told you to look and see who you are in the story. And, and uh, I, I know sometimes uh, deep scholars and prophetic uh, folks, a lot of times we'll get in here and say, well, this is the children of Israel and this is that. I think a lot of times we look at these stories, we may maybe overanalyze it too much. I think we should just look at the story. I think in this story, we're the fig tree. I think it's us. I believe that we're supposed to look at our life. We're supposed to examine ourselves. And then we come, and does God really care about this thing? Does he care if we're fruitful or not? I believe today that God is concerned, and I believe our life should be lived, and we should be walking in a way that there's fruitfulness showing in our life. I, uh, I believe the opposite of that is a word a lot of times I like to use. Not fruitful, but useless. And man, y'all pray for me. I, I, I just sometimes I'll say, man, that's useless. They're useless. I mean, just, you know, and I'll, I'll say it, and then the Lord, the Holy Spirit will, will, will convict me of that. I say, don't say that about them. Don't say that about that situation. It's not useless. God has a plan. And so today, but we ask ourselves, is, are, are we being fruitful in our life? Uh, Matthew 7, 16 says this, says that you will know them by the fruit. 
Now, as you study this scripture out, this is speaking about false prophets. As you begin to break that down, it's speaking that when someone is getting up and saying something, the, the, the Lord tells us, Jesus himself said, examine the fruit in their life to see if what they're saying and what they're bearing are the same thing. Now, I think that kind of goes right on to us. This is the same scripture in Matthew 7 where Jesus is saying this, don't judge same, same, same chapter. Don't judge them. Don't look at this big plank in someone's eye or try to see that when you, when you are specking someone else's eye, when you have this plank in your eye. He's trying to tell them, don't be walking around judging everybody, but look at yourself. Are there areas in your life that you're not fruitful in? In this story today, he comes up and he walks up to this fig tree and he looks and he says, there's no figs on this thing. Now, as we talk about fruitfulness and and, and things in our lives, sometimes I want you to make sure I just want to get this very clear. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a religious system. I'm not talking about it in any way. I've sat down and had lunch with a guy the other day who I believe is a believer and I believe who really does love Jesus. And, and But as we sat down and talked the other day and began to hear, he, he operates in a mindset and in a way because of some of the teachings that he's been through that if he does enough of these good things for God, then at this place he'll work out this area and he'll become almost like an area of salvation in his life. And, and I, I began to think about that for a moment and I was like, man, that's so messed up. But so many times don't we kind of think that? Don't we, don't we sometimes get in this place if, if we do enough good things for God, maybe one day when we come before him, he'll judge us on this curve, and maybe we'll get into heaven. Oh, man, come on. Some of y'all, y'all holy then. Okay, you're my fault. My fault. My wrong. That's just me then. That's just my struggle. No, but no, we, we, we get in this place and sometimes we miss this. But we've got to understand this, that Jesus was the one who did this for us. He paid the price for him, and we're the fruit of his labor. Oh, come on. We're the fruit of what he did for us. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. He did these things on our behalf. He had to do this for us because there's, there's no way we can earn this. If, we can, if there's any way we can earn this and we can be, do enough good works for God that someday, one day, when we get to that place, then maybe we'll get the glory. We'll have something to, give, uh, to praise ourselves about. Uh-uh. That's why we lay our crowns at Jesus' feet. That's why when we get there, we remember because of his grace, because of his love for us, because of his work for us on the cross, then we can celebrate and come before him one day. That's the reason why. John 12, 24 says this. He said, Moses, surely I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. King James there says fruit. Now, I want you to understand what this is talking about. This is Jesus talking about himself. This is Jesus talking about that he has to die. He has to go to the cross for us. He has to get in the ground and give his life for us, be a substitution for our sin, and die in our place. And then as a result, if he does that, then he can bring forth much fruit. Today, if you're here and you're a believer, you're a result of the fruit of the work of Jesus. Bar none. That's the end of the story. You, because of what Jesus did for us, he said this for us. He said that there was only one son. But because of what he did, now, beloved, we can all be sons of God. We can be children of God because of what Jesus did. That should be a place for an amen if anybody believes the Bible. Amen. That's because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We're the fruit of what he did for us. Now, now, sometimes I think sometimes we can look at that, and it's easy to kind of get into this trend. And then there's a great, I believe today, some teaching on the subject of, of what God has done for us. And we're starting to see grace more. Man, I'm telling you, that's one of the things that the Lord's been dealing with me on and showing me about is how good he is to me. But sometimes we can get in this other mode to where we believe that salvation is simply this. 
we say this prayer and we maybe just, you know, maybe raise a hand or do something or however it is that you express that. And then, then what you do is you just wait till you get to heaven and when you die, and that's the it. And I'm not going to say that that's not true, that that doesn't happen. You don't say a prayer, start this relationship, and then one day you come before the throne and then you go to heaven. But when we look at it that way, we've left out something very, very important. It's called life. It's called life. It's what happens in between once we make this decision to follow Christ, once we come into this place where we say, God, come into my heart and life. Give, I, I give you my life. Here it is, Lord. Use it. Thank you for what you did. I receive that now. And now what you wanted to do with my life. And sometimes I believe we misunderstand that. And we don't really see the fact that your life matters. Your life matters. God has a plan for you. God has fruit for you to bear. He does. He has fruit for you to bear. Not to become a Christian. Because you are a Christian. Come on. Because you are a believer. Not to get Jesus to love you, but because he loves you. Because there is grace. We come to this place and receive it. And we begin to walk in this. Jesus did this for us. John 15, 16 said, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Wow. Wow. Today, you're here because God chose you? Wow. He, 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 he loved you that much. He chose you. He's appointed you. And he has things for you to do. He has a fruit. He has life that he wants to do through you. And then in this story, we look at this fig tree. They come and examine things, and there are no figs on the tree. Most theologians and scholars will say that the fig tree grows very well in Israel. Uh, I mean, this fig tree here would grow, and, and it would bear fruit. It was what they would do. It would say, uh, most of them believe that 10 out of 12 months out of the year, there was fruit. It would bring forth three harvests. I mean, literally, there wasn't just a one-time-a-year thing, amen, that we just come together and we can bear fruit. I, I, I remember those days, man, grew up in church, and you thought you could only bear fruit when a revival was going on. Oh, come on, help me. Hey, Amen. I'm the only one that grew up in that, I guess. But, but, or maybe we can't meet. Come along. Then you can bear some fruit. Hey, man, we're going to bear some fruit. I mean, we're going to do this thing. No, that, that we can live. It's like this olive tree that there was crops produced 10 months out of the year. I think that means it's just kind of telling us most of the time we should be fruitful. There are times when you should rest. I think there are times, not you don't quit serving Jesus and you don't walk away and you don't quit, but I think there are some seasons, some life and times in our life where we do, and it's not always fruit bearing. It's not always good. There are times in those processes where we're growing. There are times where we're changing and the life's happening and things are going on. But for the most part, the fig tree was there and for 10 months out of the, out of the year, fruit was happening. But this story here for three years coming out there and checking the tree and nothing on the tree. Nothing out there. Not, no, no figs on the tree. And as I began to think about this, I was like, hold on. First of all, the scripture says this. The scripture says that the tree was planted in a vineyard. Now, a vineyard is a, is a place where there's vines. It's a place where they mainly grew grapes, and, and they did these things, and they grew that for wine. And, and in the middle of this vineyard, in the middle of this place, in this middle of things where things are growing, right there in the midst of this, there's this fig tree sat there looking there, but there was no figs on the tree. 
They look at the tree. He come out there, examine the tree, look at the situation, and nothing's on it. Not, I'm like, hold, hold on. Nothing's on it. You're supposed to be fruitful. Now, sometimes we judge fruitfulness as I'm fruitful if I'm making a church on Sunday. Come on, come on, help me, help me, help me, help me. Now, I'm very fruitful if I make it to the ladies' meeting tonight. Oh, yeah, come on, ladies. Oh, oh, glory to God. I'm probably the most fruitful person this week. If we come to one, we come on Sunday morning, then we come, oh, on Sunday night, I'm coming back. I'm a fruitful lady. Come on, I'm a fruitful woman of faith. Come on, seriously, I'm a woman of faith. Man, praise Jesus. I'm, I am fruitful. And then if you make it back on Wednesday, you a fruit-bearing joker. Come on, seriously, there is fruit growing in your life. But hold on, but seriously, there's more to it than that. If, if all God wanted to do three was just get you to church, man, I'd be, be sad. Now, we come to church. It's fun. It's good. We have a good time. We worship Jesus. We love him. We celebrate. We get word in us. Our life changes. Man, but God wants to do so much more through you than bring you in this building and set you in a chair and hear me talk. God has a plan for your life. And if we examine our life and look at it, there are things there that need to change. So what do we do when this happens? I'm going to give you a few things. I'd jot these down if I was you because some of you will need this this week. Look at this. What do you do when this happens? What do you do when life happens, things come our way, and then we sit back and we walk by our tree and then we look in the mirror and there's no fruit? Number one thing is this. Be honest. Be honest. Be open about the areas that there are no fruit in your life. Don't be ashamed. Just simply, the first thing we do is just when we look at the fig tree, we look in the mirror of life, we look at that situation, and then we just simply open and we say, there are areas there that there's no fruit in my life. Don't be ashamed by that. I'm thankful, man. I'm, man, I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for this church. I'm thankful for your willingness. I'm thankful that last week when we opened up the, these altars, people said, wait a minute, that's me. And they came in, and God opened up their hearts and their lives. And this week, people were changing. And, and I'm just so thankful for what God is doing. I'm thankful that Sunday night, when our men gathered together in this room, we sat down, and we had this lesson, and we had this teaching that we were going to sit down and go through. But as we sat down together, our men just began to open up their hearts, and they were open, and they were honest, and they were saying, wait a minute, there's areas in my life that I'm not matching up in in God's Word. And this is what's cool. Nobody said, well, dude, you're not welcome in this church. You're not dressed right. You don't act right. You don't smell right. You're not welcome in this place. What you need to do is this. Let's pray for one another. Let's love on each other. And man, I'm so thankful, man, that we're breaking down this macho mindset, prideful attitude that men have and carry. And we're lifting up Jesus together. We're praying for one another. We're circled. Man, it was so cool. Last night I seen God, last Sunday night, guys got together around in circles and began to pray for one another. I heard, I heard things come back, man, where people was texting one another, loving on each other, just being real, saying, man, how's your week going? So we look in the mirror and we say, what areas am I not fruitful in? What areas? What, what branches on my tree do I need to change? What world am I looking at? As I'm looking at this situation, wait a minute, this branch, this branch is doing pretty good. My finance branch is decent. It's doing pretty good. My marriage branch is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's horrible. So what you do is you, first of all, be open, be real. Look at the situation. What areas do I need to look, look in my life and say, this one's got to change? 
wait a minute, I'm unfruitful, man. In this area, physically, man, I'm doing some things a little different. I'm taking care of it. That's good. Praise God. But what area are you not? I believe God's concerned about those things. I believe God wants you to be fruitful. I believe he has this area of your life he wants to do. Man, you look in the mirror and your work situation, not fruitful. I believe you should say, God, help me to be more fruitful in this area. Help me to do these things. So, again, we're open. We're honest. We're, we're willing to do what God has to do in these areas, and we love him. So, again, we're honest in those areas. Number two is this. We have to just cultivate this relationship with the Holy Spirit to help us with that area. Oh, come on. What church am I in this morning? We missed an area. We got one guy out here, and y'all all fell off the seat, the pew today. Oh, come on. Help me out. Seriously, one guy. But, but, but think about this. We have to cultivate this relationship with the Holy Spirit in order to do this. There's no way. I don't care. You can come up there, and you can just try your best to squeeze fruit off your branch. Mm, come on. It ain't going to happen. Seriously. You, you squint. You try all you want to do. Fruit's not going to pop out of that, that branch until there's a relationship with this Holy Spirit working in your life. It is the fruit. I love God's word. Galatians 5.22 is so cool. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Listen to me. It has to come through the Holy Spirit. You, you begin to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, your life will begin to change. You'll start bearing fruit this week. I'm serious. There's some areas in your life where literally there's been no fruit. It's, that's an ugly branch. That thing is like it's drying up, about to fall off. You start getting with the Holy Spirit. You start letting the Holy Spirit work in your life. You spend time with him, and you begin to let, the, let God begin to work through you. You begin, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, just begin to pray in your prayer language. Spend the time with God, letting him do this work in your life. I believe it. So, so many times we, we, we don't see this. We think that the Holy Spirit was given to us just so we can come in and entertain one another. Oh, come on, uh, man, I'm serious, man. I, I, I saw this. We thought people was anointed and had the Holy Spirit so they could lay hands on somebody and fall out. We anointed and the Holy Spirit's working in our lives so we can raise hands on people, lay hands on people, and they get up. Oh, you're not hearing me. I'm serious, man. We come around, and if, I mean, I'm serious. And if the Holy Spirit, you know, somebody prays for you and you fall out, that, that's awesome. We got these little, little, little things right here behind the flowers, man. It covers some stuff up that don't need to be showing when you fall out. Some of y'all, some of y'all been come up at the Spiritfield Church. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Some of y'all new folks go, oh dear Lord Jesus, what am I doing? Let me get out of here. Come on, what about I stepped up in? No, that's okay. But listen to me. If the Holy Spirit works that way in your life, I, man, I give God praise for that. I want him to, I want to be so anointed. I said, man, we pray and this stuff falls off. You may fall out, whatever. If something is shown, we'll cover it up. But my concern is when you get up, are you walking in that same spirit to put you down? And I saw this for so long. There was no fruit. There was no change. People come together, and they entertain one another, and they thought this thing was for them. God gives you the Holy Spirit. You have this relationship with him so you can go and bring forth much fruit and change your world. That's what the Spirit of God is for. So we walk in this. We begin to see this, and we need the Spirit of God. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, man, I mean, I wouldn't leave today before you get an altar and just start saying, God, today I ask you to just baptize me in this thing, man. Holy Spirit, just come in my heart and life. Change me. Help me to do this work. We have to do these things. Number three is this. If, if, you're, if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, stop doing it. Oh, come on. I pray you've got a revelation from God on that one. 
I had to fast my, my in-between uh, snack, in-between meals, just so I can get that revelation. No, that's just the truth. If there's something that you're doing, you're not supposed to be doing it, stop doing it. Seriously, just stop doing it. Wait a minute, I can't do it. No, you, the Holy Spirit will help you, and then you do this. You submit to some authority. Surround your people that really love you. Just surround yourself that way with people who truly love you. Some people surround themselves with folks who was out to get them, mess them up, take them deeper in darkness, and, and, and bring them in this place. You surround people yourself with people who really love you and will tell you the truth. They will hold you accountable in the areas that you're struggling, that you're missing it. And if there's things that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, stop doing it. And how do we do that? By just being open and honest. Being real, surrounding ourselves with people who love us and say, man, this is where my, man, last week, dude, it was, I'm telling you, I'm just, as a pastor, I get so pumped when I see this stuff going on, where people are just sitting there and saying, man, this is my, this is my deal. It's my deal. This is where I need it. And this is what I believe. As a result, people pray for them in that area. I don't know how to pray. I mean, if nobody's just honest, man, we don't know. We don't know. We I've seen that, man. People come to the altar, and they're down here, and I mean, everything's falling apart at home, and we're down there praying, God, heal them. Come on. Oh, God, heal their back. Ain't nothing wrong with their back. Seriously, y'all must be the only one growing up in church. I'm serious. Didn't talk to nobody. Didn't know how to pray for nobody. Just get in there and just start praying for stuff and doing stuff. And that wasn't where their struggle was. That wasn't their need. So we find out what this need is. And if there's things that are there, we'd stop doing it. Number four, this is fun. This is good. If you're not doing something you're supposed to be doing, start doing it. Another deep truth today from Pastor Terry. Come on. Come on. Thank you. Thank you for stepping up. Thank you for stepping up. Thank you for stepping up. I appreciate that. I let him know you had his back. See, if, if they're saying, the Bible is just so clear. Listen, look at James 4.17. Look at the scripture. Look at what it says. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it is sin. I know I'm breaking down some stuff today on some folks because some of y'all been in this thing a long time like me. But seriously, we spent so much time in what we shouldn't be doing. We weren't doing things we should be doing. I'm just, I know that's just so very, just very basic and real, but that is so true. Don't do this. Don't dress this. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't talk. Don't, don't do that. What should you be doing? What should you, you should be bearing fruit. You should be giving. You should be serving. You should be loving. You should be walking in this area. And then we look back at our place, and a lot of times we say, well, I, I, didn't, hurt, I didn't hurt anybody this year. Well, who did you help? I mean, just, I, I, I didn't drop elbows on nobody this year. Praise God. And for some of you, that is a testimony. I mean, that's a praise report. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's a big step for you. Glory. Mm, come on, somebody. I mean, see, but, but who did you help? Who? who I, mean, sir, I mean, just, I, I, we just got to break this, all this stuff down. I'm tired of just playing church, going through stuff. I want, us to, I want us to bear fruit, fruit that remains. And so we look at the situation. If God's word says to do something, we do it. Don't overanalyze. Don't pray about it. Don't say, God, should I give? <laughs> and then you get the look. No, you can't. The Bible says to. I mean, don't do this. Don't get in the, in the line at Walmart and, this, and the Holy Spirit saying, you go witness to that person right now. You hear something going on and he's telling you to do this thing. And then you say, gosh, should I do it? 
You serious? Really? He just told you to go do it. He told you in the Bible to bring, be light, to bring forth, be salt and light, be these things. You don't have to pray about it. So if there's areas that we're missing, just say, God, help me do these things. If there's something I should be doing, help me to start doing it today. Don't miss it. Sarah, don't stop today. Offering bags already come through. If you didn't give and put in it, write a check. Find somebody. Find an usher. Get it in there. Oh, man, I'm having fun by myself today. Glory to God. Amen. Sir, I mean, just come on. Sir, it, listen, man, I didn't have my devotions today. I don't do that. I need to start doing it. I need to have devotions. Amen. Start today. Don't say, I'm going to start tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to start praying. Some of y'all went through, I mean, some of the most awesome opportunity to give God praise, and you missed it. I'm saying. Ain't a whole lot of places you can go. It ain't everywhere you come in. The Spirit of God is there. The anointing is there. People on the stage really have a heart for praise and worship and really want to lead you to a place into God's presence and usher in his glory. That's not everywhere. And so many times we come through and we take that for granted. We sit there and look at our clock and say, I hope they don't sing it again. I'm going to run everybody else off this week. I'm going to be, whew, amen. I'm, seriously, praise God. We, we lift him up. We, we honor God because he's deserving of it. I'm serious. I mean, I just believe that. I believe God's word. We're singing that shout to the Lord last week, man. I start thinking about the things that God's done. We start giving God praise. I start thinking about the promises. I start declaring God's word, and I watch those mountains melt like white. I mean, I'm telling you, we've seen it because God is a God who brings fruit in our life if we'll let him. And there's some areas we need to change. Amen. Give God praise. Amen. Last one is this, number five. And I've been saying this a lot. I'm, I mean, the Holy Spirit's bringing this into every message. Somehow he's bringing this back in. Flow in your gift. Bring the, bring the kind of fruit that you're supposed to bring forth. Bear the, if you're not an apple tree, you're an orange tree, bear the best looking, I mean, juiciest, nicest, best looking oranges you can bear. Quit trying to be an apple tree if you ain't an apple tree. See, I'm, I, I mean, <laughs> if, if you ain't supposed to sing, don't sing. I'm, I don't mean that. I'm just serious. Don't sing in that area. But listen to me. If you're supposed to serve in the nursery, you be the first one in the nursery. Amen. You be the first one. And don't, don't, I'm serious. That fruit's just as important. I'm so, I mean, I'm so thankful for Tim Campbell's and people in our church who come around and making sure things are safe, making sure things are flowing, making sure things are going on like they're supposed to be going on. He ain't supposed to get up here and preach. That's not the fruit he's supposed to bear. But listen to me. I couldn't get up here and preach if he wasn't doing what he's supposed to do. Some of you come in this church, and some of you are here because somebody was out there in the parking lot smiling, shaking your hand, putting arms around you, loving you. That's their gift. That's the fruit they're supposed to bear. Flow in your gift. Do what God's called you to do and let the Holy Spirit work through you in that area. I'm I mean, I just, me and Jeff was talking about this the other day and we were just spending some time and we were just, it's, just, it's just crazy to think about this. But so many people trying to do stuff they're not supposed to be doing. And they look at somebody else's thing and says it's better, thinks it's more important. Listen, no, that's their gift. You have an anointing. You have fruit to bear. You have a work to do. God's placed something in your heart. He wants to use you. There's something that you, I don't care. It may be, you need, if we don't even have the opportunity for you to flow in your gift yet, come to me. 
Your gift may not be, there might be something in some of you, there might be something that, that our church is needing to walk into and step into, and, and right now we ain't doing it because the person, we don't even know that gift's there. I'm, we should do it. We, I'm telling you, I mean, just flow in your gift. I had one of the guys was cut grass the other day, man. I was looking, and man, he was, I, I was just so thankful when these guys do this. I mean, they was had the, uh, the, the, the weed eater up on its side, was going up through their edging. And we're just, I mean, just something so small, people may think so insignificant. And I, and I said this, and I stopped them. I said, thank you for what you're doing. Because the devil will use anything. He'll use, any, he'll use anything he can use. He can bring somebody under our, our grounds, bring them in off South Main Street, and as they pull in, see a jagged-looking, messed-up ground. And say, man, this church, man, there ain't no excellence on this church. You don't need to go in that church, man. Them people, don't, they don't care about this place. I don't care about God's house. Listen to me. I go around. Some people call me OCD. I say it's SOE. It's the spirit of excellence because, I mean, I want, I want the house to be what God. I'm serious. This is his house. His place should be the best. It should be. It should look good, smell good. It's just God's house. We should do that. And if we're flowing our gifts, man, this thing will flow. This thing will work and just begin to do this. And he said this. He said, this is what's a trip. The owner comes to him and says, cut the tree down. It's using ground up. It's wasting ground. Basically, he used my word useless. Tree's useless. Cut it down. And I'm, I'm just beginning to think, man, and, and as you just look, sometimes we, we just think it's supposed to be there just for the pure, it looks nice. Tim brought his crew out the other day, and, and man, we had a big old row of trees out there, crepe myrtle trees out in front near the row. Pretty trees. Beautiful trees. I mean, there wasn't nothing wrong with those trees. And he jerked that thing up. He put the chain around them. Alfredo got on the thing and pulled them things up. Let me tell you why. Because those trees were blocking the building. Hold on now. They were, but they pretty trees. They weren't serving a purpose for us. Matter of fact, it was blocking the purpose that this building's here for. We want somebody to see this building, come in here, see Jesus, see him lifted up, be drawn to him, and their heart be changed and Jesus made known. It's something so simple, something so small. Some of us get into a place, we got pretty leaves, we, we got, it's nice, oh man, ain't it beautiful crepe myrtle. Mm. <laughs> All you're doing is blocking the view of Jesus. You need to bow down and say, God, here it is, use it, do whatever you can do with it, here I am. But I love the, I love the scripture. The keeper of the vineyard says this, and this is where hope comes. All the other rest of the story is true. We examine our life. We look at the situation. We find out what areas are wrong. And, and, and again, I, I'm telling you, sometimes I identify with that guy who says, cut it down. That's how I feel sometimes. I mean, it's just, I'm just being real, man. Sometimes as, as pastor, you see the potential in somebody, and you see it there, and you want to drive it, man. You want to, you're like, man, just cut. Hold on. He said this. He said, give it more time. He said, give it more time. <laughs> and this is, this is what I love about God. If you're being here in this room today and you're breathing, sucking air, listen to me, that tells me this, you have more time. That tells me he's not through with you. That tells me there's still a plan for your life. He's giving you more time. He's saying I'm not through. There's still things that I need to do through them. There's still a purpose and a plan for their life. I'm so thankful I serve a God of second chances that he didn't quit. This is because this is the truth. He should have cut me down. 
He should have. That's what he should do. I don't, I don't, deserve, I don't deserve what he gives me. That's why it's called grace. I don't, I don't. You don't either. And we see this, but then we let him come. And because this is what he's saying, I'm giving them more time. He loves you that much. He, I mean, so much that, man, and if you'll come to the place, you'll say, God, there's, this is the area for me. This is where it is for me. This is what I need you to do in my life. You let him begin to open up. And I love the text. It says that he, he says he'll break up the ground and he'll fertilize it. If you know what fertilizer is, it's basically manure. I mean, that, that's, just, that's, that's what it is. It, it is, it is so, so you ask yourself this question today. What area of my life stinks? That's probably the area God wants to bring forth the most, most fruit in your life. Hmm. What, 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 what area stinks the most? Hold on now. You trying to tell me this hope? That's exactly what I'm saying. He, he, he could have, should have, but he didn't cut you down. You're here today, and God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you. And yeah, because this is why he sees the potential in you. And I've seen this. I, I, when we're seeing, even last week, testimonies that were heard, some of the stinkingest areas in some of our lives, that's the areas now God's using bringing forth fruit. This is the area that he's changing. He's doing these things. And to, and, I, mean, and this, I mean, right up to the end, he's stopping. He's saying, no, don't cut it down. Hold up. Wait, don't, don't do this. I, I'm not through yet. There's still a purpose. There's still a plan. Let me do this. And sometimes he puts people like me to do this, to dig around your tree. Some of you, some of you upset with me today. Won't be the first time somebody's been upset with me. I'm going to sleep good tonight still. I'm going to be all right with it because i got to bring God's truth. This is where. And sometimes, listen, he, he, does, he, he used people like me to prod around you, dig around you, to get you to examine your life, to say, wait a minute, there's no fruit here. Open that thing up, and wherever it's stinking, you let God begin to do it and come in and then begin to bring the fruit forth in your life. And, and because this is, the, this is the tough part of the story. He does this, and this will happen one day for each of us. He says this, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to dig around it. I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to put them in there. I'm going to take them through this stuff because I see potential in them. I, I, there is something that, that I want to do through them in their life. There is something there. But he does say this. He said, after all that's said and done, after everything else happens, after give it another year, let this thing go, let this thing simmer. Let me work on them. Let me, let me, let me, let me put somebody in their life that will speak truth. Let me give them an opportunity one more time to bear fruit. And then as we come through, when it's all said and done, after everything's been done, he said, if it doesn't bear fruit, then he said, then you can cut it down. Then you can cut it down. Now, <laughs> not really encouraging. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe that's the most encouraging thing to the story. I mean, you know, just think about it. That, that one day all this stuff will end. There, there is going to be this time we will come before God and we'll be judged. But listen to me. If we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, if we'll open up our hearts and our minds and say there are areas that, that, that God, you need to use and do things through me, I'm available. Here I am. Cut on me. 
use me, do whatever needs to be done in me. I don't know, I'm thankful. I guess I'm thankful for scriptures like that because it also tells me this. When it's all said and done, it is worth it. Come on, just think for a moment. It really is worth it. It, it means that, it, that we don't just die and then we come back. And we're talking about this Wednesday. You, you're not reincarnated. You don't come back at something else. You don't come through all these lives. No, when you, when, when you die, you go before God. And he does reward you. He does say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter in. I'm so thankful for that. So appreciative of that. And today I'm going to ask you this question. What branch is not bearing fruit in your life? Come on up, Gary. What, what branch is not bearing fruit in your life? And this is, this, I guess, I'm a, my disclaimer uh, this, that I love. I guess, I don't know, probably my favorite part of this is parables that I can talk about. Is the fact when it's all said and done, this was Jesus talking. It's his story. If we do have issues, there are things there we don't like about what I said today. Oh, man, I, I, don't, I like that other message last week. I, well, no, listen to me. Jesus said this. Jesus made this clear. But if you are here today, there's still hope for you. I want you to stand with me for a moment, please. Some of you are in this room t- t- today. You're standing here today because we serve a God of second chances. Because we serve a God who didn't give up on you. We serve a God who didn't cut you down when he should have. He still saw potential in your life. And if you're here in this room, you're here today because there's still life and breath in you. And God still has a plan for your life. And I'm telling you, this is where I'm at, man. I'm asking God, I want my life to count. I want my life to count. And sometimes, man, we think the pastoring, that's that's the fruit. No, man. I want to be most fruitful when I'm not on this stage. Really do. That's that's where I'm, God is, is, is trying to take me. I want to be the most fruitful when it, when it's not Sunday morning. And I'll tell you, for me, what what, what I've been doing. This is some of the areas that Holy, the Holy Spirit is trying to draw me into. This is for me has been the biggest biggest thing the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. He's saying, just spend more time with me, just pray in the Spirit, letting Him, just letting Him cultivate and do the work in our life. Because sometimes I do this. Because sometimes I'm trying to squeeze out fruit that ain't God ain't called me to bring. Sometimes I'm trying to get things to grow that ain't God ain't called me to bring. Flow in your gift. Look at your situation. Say what, what branches are not flowing, not growing, not bearing fruit. And say, God, I want my life to count for you. Let's bow your hands for a moment if you would. I, I want to ask you this question today. You may be in the room, and, and if you're here today, this is what's cool, and I, this is what I love about the Word of God. You're here today because He gave you another chance. If you're here and, and you don't know Christ, you don't have this relationship with Jesus. He's not the Lord of your life. Today, the, the, He is not the center of, of, of what you do in your heart. Today, He's saying this. Could have cut you off, but I didn't. Matter of fact, I did this. I sent my son to die for you. To go into that ground so that we could bring forth much fruit. If you're here and you don't know Jesus today, today is the day of salvation for you. 
this is the day that it begins for you. Listen to me, because there will be this day, and I, I'm not a doom and gloom guy, man. I'm a real guy who's just, tr- who's just trying to walk this word out best we can. But there will be this day. It will happen where he'll say, all right, dug on them, dug on them, put fertilizer there. Man, I, I couldn't get that thing to stink anymore and it stung. I've done everything I can do. I've tried everything I can try. And there will be a day and we'll come before Christ. We'll bow before Him. If you don't know Jesus, man, today is your day. And I want to encourage you in just a moment as we get ready to open up this altar and just spend time just, just praying, getting in God's presence and taking a couple moments to pray for you in the areas that you want to bear fruit in. And the gifting that God's called you into. I know I thought a lot of stuff about you today, but I want to ask this today. As I asked this question, as you looked in that mirror, as you looked at your tree, and you said, man, there's, there's fruit in this area, but there's nothing here. This branch is well, but this one's doing good. What area do I need to cultivate? What area do I need to let the Holy Spirit work on me on? If there's areas in your life that you, you know the Spirit of God is working on you, this word is spoken to you, and you've been very open before God, and, that's, and, and we can do that. I want you to do this. I want you to slide your hand up real quick. Say, Spirit of God's dealt with me in this area. Okay. Find hands. Raise it up. If there's not an area, I would be very concerned about you right now. Seriously. If there's not an area, if, if, man, you look in the mirror and you say, dude, I'm a good-looking tree. I'd be very concerned about you. Seriously. I'm, dude, that's, I'm serious. Says for, for some of you, listen to me. When when when, it's, when he when that part of the scripture when in the story where Jesus said, "No, wait, don't cut it down." That that done something in some of you. That done something in some of you. You, you, you knew wait, like, that was for me. God's telling me he can, he's still able. Listen to me. Today's the day for you. Let the Spirit of God do this in you. be fruitful people for the kingdom. I want to walk in the, the gifts that God's given us. I want to see you walking out this thing that God's called you to do. God, today I just ask you right now, Lord, to just speak to each of us in this room. Help us to examine our hearts. Look at our situation. Look at our tree. Look at what areas you, you today want to speak to us about. God, I pray that we'll be open and honest. We'll be real about those areas and we'll say, God, today, only through your spirit can I do this. And I give this area of my life over to you.